Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. I mean, we got the Real Housewives now, so why not Real World? Is there Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? Yes, there is. Oh my! But no, 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 no. It is so great because there's like, um, how did the one Mormon like Mormon 2.0 or something? But she's wearing like, um, like a push-up top that has like completely sleeveless. Oh, what is it called? It's. I mean, you've got nothing up here. It's just a bustier. Are you talking about a tube top? Bralette. Sure. She called herself a New Age Mormon, and I'm like, there's no way you're Mormon. Yeah. At least. No no way you're uh, a Brighamite Mormon. She's wearing the skimpy Jesus jammies. Skimpy sure. Jesus jammies. They're called pasties. <laughs> there's the name of our episode. <laughs> skimpy <laughs> Jesus jammies. Welcome to Skimpy Jesus it's jammies. Too many of us are highly associated with Utah and know way too much about the Mormons, and some of us were actually raised Mormon, uh, which is why we now do a podcast about drinking, and why I, at one point in time, had to start another podcast so that my poor mother would not listen to me swear um, and talk about alcohol on this podcast. She's going to drop by my house tonight, by the way. Oh, is she really? (laughs) Yeah. I wish my mother would told me that. Tell her hi for me, I guess. Your mother is a saint, Brian. (laughs) She really is. She's dropping off, like, that none of her grandkids fit in anymore. You just cut out entirely, but I'm assuming you said that she's dropping off a bunch of shit that her grandkids don't fit into anymore. Yeah, snow clothes. Okay. Oh, snow oh, clothes. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of snow clothes, uh, we're continuing our month of like cold weather comics, snow comics. I, I can't remember. There was a theory behind all this. I don't remember, but they're all sort of like cold. Okay. We are doing Polar this week. Is this correct? Did I read the right book this time? Yes. Okay. Yes, you read it again? I mean, you read it a week. No, we're, early, we're doing Snowpiercer Volume Two. No, I, I read That's it a week. Right. Ago. I did not read it again. I just, I just wanted to make sure that we hadn't, you know, switched books and it wasn't an all bad, like a horrible dream, and that wasn't right. Yes. Okay. So we're doing Polar. Uh, this one was, in fact, a web comic. Everyone, wave at the camera mm-hmm. while Lena takes a picture. Hi, Lena. Hi. Hi. Jazz hands. Jazz hands. Hi. I'm, I'm set. Hi. I'm sending it to, to Sasquatch. Hey, Sasquatch! Hi! Hey. Does he have big feet? I don't know. I just named him Sasquatch because he's tall. Um, I've oh, been- I just thought, you yeah, know, people with six, big feet. He's six foot five. No, he's six Ooh. foot five and he likes to hike. And so that's why Brian was like, Sasquatch. That is. What happened so, to Captain Ahab? Okay. Oh, Ahab, no. We're- uh, he's. We're not talking about Ahab. Yeah, Ahab is yeah. dead to us. Fuck Ahab. Ahab I'm leaving is this dead in, to us. Yeah, I'm leaving this in the episode. Fuck Ahab. That's how this is going to go. Right there. You heard <laughs> You me, hit Ahab. him right in the field. You know who you are. Fuck you, Ahab. Uh, anyway. He's going to listen to this, but okay. <laughs> this is the next John Oliver feud right here. I know, right? <laughs> uh, speaking of John Oliver feuds, a former resident of Connecticut who has an ongoing field. Actually, it's the only specific town that has a feud with the uh, John Oliver. Oh, no, is it the whole state now? But, fun fact. Yeah. My sister was born in Danbury, Connecticut. Ooh, so but we like Tori, the though. the whole thing popped up. Uh-huh. My my dad was like we like we were watching everything about Dan Barry and and, um, and John Oliver going after him and I was like, well, I mean he's not wrong. Dan Barry's yeah. a piece of shit. <laughs> okay, well, so she sided on John Oliver in the Family Feud. It is Lena. Hi, Lena. 
I'm Lana. I am an event manager based out of uh, Denver. I, my work is based out of New York, but I'm in Denver. And uh, yeah, um, the, the days are, are, fine, are all starting to run together. So yay. So we have the myth, the man, the legend, the Salt Lake City icon, my favorite bear and yours. Mr. Adam. Oh, I feel so special. <laughs> you should. Hey, everyone. What's up? Adam up in uh, Salt Lake City. Hopefully not going too cold right now because it is the, you know, the beginning of winter. And God knows what kind of winter we're going to have. It, it, every year, everyone's like, it's going to be the worst winter ever. And then it's like cool weather. So who knows? But uh, yeah, up here, just working really hard, learning new things and becoming slightly less useless at my job every single week. I think I'm down to two and a half percent useless. I don't think Hooray! I'll ever hit like fully not useless, but you know, but there's, I there's mean, hope. Someone's got to be there to fuck up. You know what? Every party needs a pooper. That's why we invited you. In the words of my mother. <laughs> Every party needs a pooper. You weren't <laughs> supposed to tell them about my kink. <laughs> Have you ever uh, heard of the Fulton Street Fair? Yes. Okay. Apparently they have a pool for that. Really? I mean, yeah, I know you can like walk around downtown San Francisco and see guys fucking each other in the streets, but I didn't know they had a pool of shit. Uh, yeah, apparently they do, and that's part of the deal they make with the city is that they clean it up so that it is allowed during the Fulton Street Fair. So now I just have wow. this picture of like a hundred guys with their asses over a pool shitting, and like they take turns. It's kind of like like the Revolutionary War where everyone shoots and they get down on one knee and the people <laughs> behind them shoot. Except you shit. At- so in your version of it, in my head, it's animated like Monty Python, where at the beginning where they have the trumpets uh, that they put up to their butts to, uh, to play music. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I now have it in my head like Terry Gilliam from Monty Python. That's what I got going on there. So there we go. It's oh, worse. We're, we are disturbed, disturbed individuals. Yeah. Speaking of disturbed individuals, <laughs> maybe he's not being a dad for a moment. I can, nope, I can hear the little one in the room. Uh, she is, here, but she can't hear any of you, so it's still PG to her. I know, of course. So here's the thing, Todd. What's your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word. <laughs> what's your favorite curse word? Let's teach someone it's a new a, word. Aria, what's Daddy's favorite word? word? <laughs> you are a bad, bad man. He is. He is. <laughs> you are a bad, bad man. <laughs> Come on, Todd. What we're, inquiring minds would like to know. Are you ready? Yeah. Sometimes there's just no cure for a cunt. Oh, okay. Except for yeah. an ankle. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Oh, the ankle. Right. Yes. That is a wonderful story. Yes. It's true. one I tell at least weekly. I swear. <laughs> I'm not joking. I tell that. I was like, yeah. My friend Amy, she blah blah blah, and like, and like a couple people will be like, "Oh, they called they they called her an ankle." I'm like, "You've heard this?" She's like, "Oh no, I've heard that term before. It's lovely." I'm like, oh, okay, so, hey, it's, it's really a, a thing. Yeah, you know, 20 years ago, back in the day, I heard the term Felcher with the definition. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, that's not real." And then there was that um, John Waters movie that referenced it, and I'm like, "Oh, it is real." Which one? And then the internet proved you wrong. <laughs> I know. It was in the Dirty Shame. Yeah, the unrated oh, version. Okay. Yeah, we, did so on, we did on Cinema Queens many, many years ago, Shameless Plot. Uh, oh, okay. There you go. First off, let's introduce Todd. Hi, Todd. Hey. <laughs> Hi, I'm Todd. I'm a father of a almost two-year-old who can't hear me swear because <laughs> she's just too sweet. <laughs> I'm here in Salt Lake, you know, near the great bear named Adam. So that we all love so dearly. I'm here doing this podcast right now, not much else. 
Brian. Hi, I'm Brian. I'm finishing up my master's degree and currently writing my thesis and, uh, you know, also trying to keep a full-time job and also have a new lovely, wonderful relationship. So I'm a little bit busy, Todd. Just saying. Anyway. Oh, she's yeah. busy. Don't, oh. Uh, you know, if you cared, you'd make time. Oh, <laughs> I do want to get I do want to get other things started back up again, but you know I'm trying sometimes to do another thing, but we're not talking about that thing right now. So we're talking about funny books and firewater and a we comic are. book. We are, and uh, this week's book is Polar, um, which, as I uh, I think mentioned last week, was a web comic. Um, it is oddly mm-hmm. formatted so that it will sit on your bookshelf in a strange manner and annoy you if you are me or Todd. Um, I'm assuming Lena and Adam read it digitally. Yes. So it doesn't bother them in the least. It just bothers me. Um, And it is a very. It's like it was made for a screen. Almost, right? It's kind of crazy that way. Uh, So, Mr. Adam, what is our cocktail for this week? Uh, So, our cocktail this week is called the Ice Cap. Uh, What we do is you take three shots of bourbon, uh, two tablespoons of powdered sugar, six tablespoons of heavy cream. Two shots of a Grand Marnier or whatever uh, orange liqueur you have handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to go ahead and stir all that together. Don't shake it. You want to stir it until the sugar is all nice and dissolved. Uh, you're going to pour over crushed ice and garnish with some grated nutmeg. Ooh, nutmeg. Hold on. This is a drink with five shots. <laughs> well, the, the recipe says three parts, but I'm just going with a shot. Okay. Well, I want one. What are you gonna drink? <laughs> I'll have one with you. Now later this month, I'll I'll do my uh, I I do a recipe for some really good egg. Milk, so I'll uh, I might actually do it next episode because it's one you should age for at least two weeks in the fridge. So uh, mm-hmm. you know when people do it, it'll be nice and ready for New Year's or something like that. So remind me to do that for next episode. So okay, all right. I have a hard time wrapping my head around eggnog for some reason. Like I just why? I I don't know why. Oh, dude, it's so good. I mean, egg whites and drinks are amazing. You make it like if you actually make it at home, it's so much better than the shit that you get from like if you buy it somewhere. Yeah, okay. store bought eggnog is gross. I, I hate that stuff. Yeah, but if you make it, it's really good. Okay. So yeah, the recipe I found was uh, Alton Brown did it, and he says like if you can age it for a year, I'm like I don't know if I trust it that much, but. When I first made it, and it's got tons of sugar and horrible things for you, but I took a sip and it was like really, really strong alcohol flavor. But then you put it in the fridge for like a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden, like it mellows more. So you know you're still going to get a kick in the ass from the alcohol, but you could like chug it. Well, I wouldn't recommend chugging it, but like you can drink it normal, and all of a sudden you're like, oh fuck, I'm drunk. <laughs> nice, but it's it's really quite tasty. And the alcohol actually works as a preservative to keep uh, salmonella and shit out of it. So, uh, cool. Uh, who has a drinking game for this week ready to go? As everyone reaches for their books and tries to remember what is in it. Blood uh, spatter for drinks. Uh, is that pretty much everyone's? Because that's kind of what I was thinking too. I was going to yeah. go for the strong and silent type. So every time there's a page with no dialogue on it. Okay, those are the two keys. There's a lot of those actually. <laughs> Lena's eyes gets big. She's like, yeah. "You're trying to kill people." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't take big sips. Don't yeah. take big gulps. Don't use. Yeah. Don't use my drink that I just gave. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> That'll get ugly. Yeah. Okay. Well, so let's jump into it. There is not a lot of words in this, but there is a bit of a story. Not not a lot of a story, but there is a bit of a story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lena, I dig it. You dig it? Okay. Well, defend your position. So this is definitely a guy that read Sin City by Frank Miller and said, "Hey, I can do that." Arya, 
I love you. Sorry. She's playing with her John Deere truck. All right, we'll go with it. So, there's a guy who read Frank Miller and went, I dig it. It's by Victor Sandhos. It's another interesting, this is another European comic. And the last one Snowpiercer we read was too. So, I'm assuming you people listen to Snowpiercer. Yeah. And it's, um, it's typically only two colors with the occasional bit of red for the third. And the idea of comics is you're capturing moments. That's what really this does. It's a whole thing is a series of moments. It's incredibly disgusting. It's little lascivious. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole lot of fun. I mean, this is the kind of thing Tarantino would read and going, yeah. This is my jam. I think I can dust till dawn this shit. Oh, so Netflix adapted it. I saw this like right. two years ago. I didn't realize it was the same thing. Okay. So, I mean, what what's fun about it is if you're into like graphic design, I say and whatnot, but it's mm-hmm. like graphic pop art. Yeah. Every page. And the violence in and of itself is it, it's incredibly bloody, but not incredibly. It's more explicit than it is graphic. So I would say it's sexier than it is brutal. And yet there's a crap ton of blood going on. Mm-hmm. And it just has these moments and where you go from pain to pain. You have aftermath, and you almost have like, um, oh, it's a silly show, but NCIS, NCIS in between their breaks does like the uh, flash photography, you know, the oh, yeah. of moments. This whole book is a bit of that is how it handles the action. So you have a Jim Lee book where you can like see Catwoman jumping and flipping through these things. And this is more like a series of still shots intended to be so. And you're like, wow, that is incredible. Of what's being pulled off or that's extremely brutal with the theme fitting the theme of cold i mean it is polar it's it comes across as very bone chilling and more than just temperature mm-hmm. is you've got this guy that's retired trying to be taken out and looks like he's retired because i guess that's the thing he does but he didn't need to it's kind of like a more uh, brutal take yeah. of red warren ellis is red retired extremely yeah. dangerous yeah. okay so i mean there was a movie of that with bruce willis yeah, it's been a couple actually. It's, kind of, it's very yeah, Not two of them yeah. So it's it's basically the same kind of story from, and it's I just had a whole lot of fun with it. It's not incredibly deep, mm-hmm. it's not complex, it's very straightforward, but the art's a whole lot of fun, and I dug it. Cool. So that's what I have to say about it. But if you're trying like, oh, I wish to, what's the Kafka esque portion of this going on? There's not a lot of nihilism. There's not a lot of deep thought. It's all surface, but the surface is nice and fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, it's a submission impossible sort of thing without any of the smart break-ins or whatever. It's like, okay, it's just like a, maybe even born identity kind of thing. It's like, it's a, it's sort of a shoot em up sort of thing, and they're spies, and you sort of just assume a lot of things, but there's not a lot of backstory to a lot of it. Um, Lena, you were nodding in agreement, so uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I thought about born identity um, almost immediately. Mm-hmm. When I started reading this, and I, and again, it it is surface level. It it was very interesting. Um, the thing that caught me more than anything was the lettering changes mm. for the um, Asian characters, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was interesting um potentially racist <laughs> yes it, well, it was, it was yeah. very because it, it was like you immediately without even thinking started reading it mm-hmm. in a very stereotypical asian broken english accent 
when you saw that the writing had, had shifted. Mm-hmm. And so everyone else felt very Russian, yeah. at least to me. And, um, but you know, he, and he, and the way that, that he's drawn and I don't even remember his name. I, I feel so bad. I feel like every, every episode I'm like, so-and-so the black I don't Kaiser. His name. That's you right. Know, that's yeah. the black Kaiser is the main character. I'm saying the Asian character. Oh yeah. Who knows? I don't know if they gave him a name either. There's way. a lot of characters in here. I don't think have names. Yeah, so he, but the way they drew him, the way that they had all the lettering done, mm-hmm. that was the one thing that stood out to me more than just the whole, like, where everyone's just trying to kill this one spy. And, of course, he's, like, super badass, mm-hmm. and no one can actually get any, any up, you know, get up on him in any way. Mm-hmm. So it just felt, and then I, I, I'm assuming I read this correctly, that at the end he's just, like, an old dude on a barge, like hanging yeah. out. Yeah. And he's like gotten away with everything. So I was just like, all right. I mean, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It's, I, it's one of those, one of my favorite things we've read. But yeah. <laughs> it wasn't bad. No, it's also one of those books where I'm like, oh, okay. That was, that was a thing. And that's fine. And it's one of those like people come on bookshelf yeah. and be like, well, the art's cool. And you can read it in the five seconds you're standing here. But uh, other than that, you're good. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's extremely short, mm-hmm. um, and it's not. It's not something where it's like it's short, and you're like, "All right, I don't know what the hell I just read," or yeah. that you don't. That there's nothing enjoyable about it. The art is beautiful. There were su- there were some spreads where Todd, I agree, the the Sin City references definitely are there, um, or like the the kind of influences you can see it pretty damn clearly <laughs> with some of the pages but i mean overall i just it it was okay it wasn't the the, the best thing i think that um that i've read since i've started reading um comic books and graphic novels with you guys but it's not terrible it's not the worst book that i've read well mr adam what are your thinks? So I, I had a lot of fun with it. You know, it's uh, Hitman type things and all that kind of fun stuff and things I've always liked. Like the opening, even though it was a lot different than it, kind of reminded me of the movie Kingsman, where they're in the, you know, the person comes, the total badass, fucks mm-hmm. everyone up. Yeah. You know, honestly, though, it, and I know it's a trope used in movies as well, but uh, it made me think of Looper a lot, where it's like, hey, we're trying to go back and close the loop. We're trying to kind of clean the records of what's mm-hmm. been going on. Uh, and no, I had, I had fun with it. It's, it's interesting that I didn't realize it was bait. The, the Netflix movie was based off of it because it felt very cinematic. Like mm-hmm. you could almost put this up like this comic and basically it could be the storyboards for that movie. And they're very, very specific about making it seem like it's snapshots jumping from one to the next. Like if you look in some of the first pages, when he's chasing the would be assassins through the, through the forest and stuff, there's birds flying and each one of them has like a frame around it. Like it's caught in time. So it almost feels like the whole thing is almost presented in bullet time. Like you feel kind of like it's moving in slow motion, but then you're, you are reading it fast because there's very little dialogue. It's a very fast paced book. So it's just kind of a real weird dichotomy between like speeding up time and also slowing down time at the same time tested time five times in one second. So there you go. Uh, I really, really enjoyed. And again, this is where I'm going to go with Todd with like the art. Cause that's not normally my thing. But the way they play with color, a lot of the characters kind of disappear into shadows. In fact, the one guy who I didn't even, I didn't put the, the stereotypical voice in my head. I just kind of 
thought he was like talking all weird. I don't know. Maybe that was just my head. No, I think it. here's the thing is I think I did the same thing as you. Cause like Lena mentioned the mm-hmm. Asian character and I'm like, okay, I kind of know what you're talking about, but I also kind of went just like, I, I went more like Vic, uh, Peter Lorre, you know, almost yeah. in my head, you know? Yeah. So. But the moment, the moment Lena said it though, I was like, I know exactly who she's talking yeah. about. So yeah. yeah. Uh, and again, that could just be, I, I didn't even think he was Asian, but I can definitely see where that could. I'm pretty sure they way, were a lot Asian. Of times, like, he's wearing... <laughs> Sorry. For those of you who've oh, seen um, Cable Guy. Anyway. <laughs> Cable oh, yeah. Guy. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mean to dis- distract you that much. It was just too perfect of a moment. No, no, no. You're, so, you know, he's always dressed in orange. Anytime there's an orange backdrop, uh, he blends into it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of times the characters against uh, the colored backdrop, or even when it's, it was just black, they'll, they won't have any outline to them. So they kind of blend in. There's a really cool scene uh, in after the the uh, forest scene where Miss Vian, after she fucks and kills that weird baby thing, I don't know what that was. Uh-huh. Uh, she's fighting in the dojo and the scene behind is all orange, but then there's like a silhouette of white of her kicking the shit out of someone. So it really does play with color. Interesting. Sometimes to be distracting, you know, I think what Sin City did so well was they made the color so sparse that it was there for an impact. Mm-hmm. This one, it's kind of overplayed a bit. So I will give it detract some points for that. Okay. But, you know, it, it does very much play out like an action movie in comic book form. And considering all the comic books we've read that have action in them, and there's been a lot of them, I think this one really nails that feeling of, you know, this is, this is a rough and tumble, you know, it's, you know, atomic blonde type thing. That was also thought about that with this too, but no, I, I liked it. Is it life changing? No, not at all. Is this no. something I'm probably going to go back and read again? No, because I already know everything I need to know. There's there's no reason to go back to it. But I, if you can get it on unlimited or like Brian said, if you're in the comic store and they let you look at the comics, you can sit there and read it in five minutes. I mean, yeah. there's not that much to it. So no, it's a fun read, for, especially action movies. It's a lot different than the movie they made on Netflix. Uh, that was not good. No, it wasn't good. Neither was the movie Crawl. We watched that last night. Uh, so, I mean, I generally love Mads Mikkelsen. I love him to death. Oh, my God. But this was not the best of choices. And it also had the high school musical actress. Yeah, Vanessa Hudgens. I just looked it up while we were talking. So. Yeah. And she did fine. I mean, nothing against her. Just the, the movie was going for, an, I mean, a better execution movie would have been a shoot him up with Clive Owen and Paul Giamatti. Have you guys seen that thing? Yeah, I know. A long time up. ago, yeah. Yeah, go watch that one instead. Joe. Shoot him up's the one with... Uh... Don't, do, don't try to out Leon Leon. I... Yeah. Isn't shooting him up the one where it's like, it's the badass who instead of every time he thinks he's going to pull out a cigar, he pulls out a carrot and eats the carrot? Dude, he's Bugs Bunny. Yeah, Just okay. look at Clive Owen and go, that's Bugs Bunny. Yeah. And the movie makes perfect sense. So I found something interesting on the Wikipedia, if it can be believed. Originally, well, part of the reason why there was very limited dialogue is because the artist slash writer did not want to waste time translating it from Spanish to English. And originally was on the web, apparently, at least the first volume, did not actually have dialogue. That was added for the hardcover version that we had because uh, a publisher at uh, Dark Horse thought that that would make it... um, suggested that would make it more commercially attractive uh, to actually have some dialogue in it. And that the author originally had an idea with um, some dialogue for it, but it hadn't been in the original version, which I thought was very interesting. That was the useless fact I just found out, which I thought was actually fairly fascinating. Also kind of weird that 
I mean, I guess we feel like it all takes place very Russian, but it's by a Spanish creator, which is kind of interesting. So maybe uh, the weird talking dude is French. Ooh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking frog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Does anybody else have anything they want to discuss? I mean, there's not. I mean, to discuss. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not a ton there, but I. It's one of those things that's like, it's very surface level, but it also didn't try to be more than what it was. Yeah. You know, there's nothing that really turns me off more than going, oh, this is an important book or an important <laughs> movie. Yeah. And then once I hear that and I'm just like, you've already like lost half of me because of your self-importance. Mm-hmm. And if we go back to Cable Guy, Cable Guy might be one of the most brilliant movies in cinema history. It kind of is, actually. But kind of is but you look at this as what i mean i always ask myself what is this book setting out to do and be mm-hmm. and how well did it accomplish that yeah i think it accomplished its motives very well yeah and that all give us like yeah it, it looks like that's what it was trying to be more it wasn't trying to be more than that as you've got a rather you know stoic silent character that's in his retirement age and is trying to enjoy life and he's not taking shit from anybody. So there's Lana, your storyline. Yes. In your, uh, in your look of disagreement on cable guy, I think Todd and I will both agree. <laughs> the brilliance of that film is, is that it intends to be a cult classic film. And the more you watch that movie, the funnier it gets. Mm-hmm. Most comedies get less funny as you watch them more. That one gets funnier. The more you watch it. I will. So, I have not watched it probably since the year it came out. All right. So to understand the brilliance of Cable Guy, Lena, this is actually what needs to be done. (laughs) You need to watch it four times in a row. (laughs) The first time you're like, meh, whatever. The second time you're like, oh, there's a little (laughs) bit there. The fourth time you realize, oh, the greatest genius of all humanity is Jim Carrey. Yeah. And Ben Stiller. Yeah. And that's true. But it's four times in a row. I like the Jim Carrey comment. I don't know about Ben Stiller. Although, I will say that Ben Stiller is in one of my favorite movies, although he's kind of a yuppie ass in it. Wait, Reality Bites. Yes. He also wrote and directed that movie, by the way. I know. Yeah. I love it. I made Tori had never watched it, and I was like, you have to watch it. It's fantastic. It was on HBO. I don't know if it's on HBO anymore, but. It was on HBO earlier in the year, late last year. Does it hold up? It's still so good. Really? Okay. I oh, I was so happy. And she I remember like, it being just really? very 90s, and I was wondering it if it held is. up. It yeah. is. But now it's like, now because you're, I think if you had watched it, it like 10 years ago, it may yeah. have felt like really dated. Now it just feels really nostalgic. And that's kind and, of a period piece now. And, and the little like, we're right back to where they were when they were making the movie so it's a little cyclical but i you know i will never watch cable guy (laughs) but with that said you did make me realize something though adam when you said that it it really that the that this book feels like an action movie i think that's why i just didn't get really into it i'm not big on straight action movies like if there's nothing that's gonna that there if there's no real storyline for me to grab onto like tori loves shit like the expendables which is fun because it's it's total you know action fluff that's all it is Mm -hmm. 
but that's what this felt like where it was like okay it's a bunch of people shooting people other people and, and like it was just pure action and i'm just like it's kind of boring i don't know i'm not really into that <laughs> which then again i just said one of my favorite movies is reality bites one of my other favorite movies is donnie darko so there and that's yeah. one that you have to watch numerous times to understand every little bit that kind of goes into it so it's um it is interesting. I feel like if you like action movies, if you like, if you get into something like that, you'll probably like this book more than I did. Also, I must say that I am very, very disappointed in you, Lena. With, with your favorite Ben Stiller movie, I was well, so ready for you to say Dodgeball. I know Dodgeball is amazing. Dodgeball is amazing. Dodgeball is funny, but see, the problem is, is that the issue I have with Ben Stiller is all I keep seeing in my head isn't Dodgeball. It's heavyweights. Do you remember uh, this I movie? I, I I'm aware the, of the movie. Was but it, I, I, he the camp counselor? He was the yeah. About a bunch of heavier kids that went to like a fat camp, and he play, he was basically the same character that he was in Dodgeball, mm-hmm. but he was like a we're gonna make you lose weight, and he was really abusive, and it was just like well. This kind of ruined you for me. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't really done anything else that I've been like, oh, I really, really like him. I know there are a lot of people that love Zoolander and, and every, uh, you know, I don't think he's that good looking. So I just don't get it. That was it's kind of not- the joke. <laughs> 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 There's got to be something more than being, what is it? Ridiculously really good looking. Ridiculously good looking. That is one of Alan's favorite jokes. It's really funny. I was a merman. I've got the black lungs. I will say the movie he just did recently. Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Yes. I did like that. I did. Obviously, I like indie, I like goofy kind of movies, but it's not my. Fa- but again, it's not something I would rewatch. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I watched it. It was cute, but I'm not a big fan of his. You know what's really interesting? Because I feel the same way about um, Will Ferrell. I've never been a big Will, Will Ferrell fan. He was funny on SNL, but it, a lot of his movies almost feel like when an SNL sketch is made into a movie where it's yeah. funny for the first two or three minutes. And then 90 minutes later, you're kind of over it. And everyone's in love with Elf. Elf is what it is. But my favorite thing that Will Ferrell ever did was the dramedy Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah. Where yeah. Emma Thompson, one, yeah. so good. Yeah, Emma Thompson is just so pure because go go find it. It actually is really good. She's this writer and she's known for killing her characters off at the end of the movie or end of the book. Well, she's writing this book about some everyman, and everything she writes is happening to Will Ferrell. And so he basically figures out that she's like the story she's writing is about it's coming to his life, and so he's like, please don't kill me. Mm-hmm. And then the story is like, how does it all ha- you know turn out and everything? But yeah, it's it's funny, but it's more subtly funny, and it's yeah. it's fantastic. It's it's like when you see Jim Carrey doing a serious role that he's good in, like or Adam Sandler yeah. when he did like uh, Spanglish or um, what's Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. Yes, these people are really good actors, and they're there for a reason. They just need the right guiding hand to get them there. Yeah, no, so I I totally agree. I think that my when people like you talk about Jim Carrey, well, my favorite movie that Jim Carrey's done really is The Majestic. And I know people hated it. I know that it got panned by everyone. And it, I thought he was fabulous in it. I, I loved it. I like that one, but I say, similar era of Jim Carrey, but Truman Show by far is my favorite. I was just going there. I love yeah. Truman Show. Yeah. Well, but it's just like, the Eternal Sunshine. 
Eternal Sunshine. Oh, also very oh, yeah. good, yeah. I mean, that's that's so far above everything. But like, <laughs> but it's just like Robin Williams. Everybody goes on and on about Robin Williams. But my favorite, all-time mm-hmm. favorite movie that he's done is called Awakenings. Mm-hmm. It was, it's amazing. Uh, Robert, Robert De Niro. Niro. Yep. Yeah. Robert oh, De Niro. God, it's such a good movie. And I tell him, like, people are like, really? And I'm like, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. It is... It, you will laugh and you will be devastated at the end of it, but it is yeah. so good. And he, and like, you just never hear anybody talk about it. The yeah. things that you hear about Jim Carrey or cable guy and the mask and you know, all that stupid. Don't like, talk bad about the mask. Do not talk ill will about the mask. Dude, there was a lot of coming to age in my life with the mask. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, you were probably age appropriate for Cameron Diaz too. at the. Is it really? So, a, um, a, yeah. A buddy of mine has met Cameron Diaz multiple times to the point where she remembers him now. Mm-hmm. And the first time he ever met her, they were at a hotel lobby or the airport. And she was there drinking a coffee, and he looks over, and he's like, she kind of smiles. He's like, I know who you are. And she's like, who am I? And he's like, Cameron Diaz. She's like, oh, they talk. She's like, so what's, like, my favorite movie that I've done? She's like, he's like, well, The Mask, of course. Uh-huh. And that's why she remembers him, because, like, he's the guy who, because everyone's always like, oh, sign about Mary, Charlie's yeah. Angels. And he's like, no, it was The Mask. Yeah. So, yeah, he bumped into her at, last time, I think, at, uh, I want to say, Sundance. Mm. And she bought him a drink, because she remembered their conversation. So I thought that's his little funny story he tells all the that's time. I enjoyed something about Mary, but no. The Mask had a rather strong impact <laughs> in a young boy's life. <laughs> that was... In a lot of young boys' lives. <laughs> but that was before she got her nose jobs. I mean, I think you should cut that Allegedly. out. Allegedly. That is true. No, yeah. no. If you, if you actually look, I mean, I know she was younger, but you can tell she, she and I think she's even come out and said that she had a nose job after. I think it was because of the whole, like, deviated septum bullshit that every celebrity likes to go off. <laughs> of. I had a deviated but, septum. Well, if you say allegedly, though, they can't get you for libel or slander. Sure. Allegedly. So, but I think a lot of the, re- bringing it back to the book, I think a lot of the reason, too, that when I read through this that I wasn't all that amazed was because I'm not an action movie kind of girl. I will I watch, I'll watch Marvel movies sometimes. I mean, I'll, I, I went, it, I saw Captain Marvel in the theaters, and I saw the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame in the theaters. Beyond that, I didn't see anything else in the theaters because I don't care. Um, and, and you're on a comic book just, podcast. Just putting that up. I know. I know. <laughs> and I'm sorry. He's one of those fake, like fake a, girl geeks. Well, but I also, no, I'm more like Elena than I am Adam and Brian in that. That's, that's true. <laughs> I, you know, it's not that I don't. Well, here's the thing. I love like when you when you want to talk about com- like true comic book stuff. I am a massive X Men fan. Mm-hmm. Like. Grew up reading. I read the comics. I watched the cartoons. I know every iteration of everything. I actually have somewhere in my apartment, I don't know where it is, a framed drawing of Gambit because he is my legit favorite, you know, comic book character ever. Um, And, of course, I have my, like, rogue... <laughs> gray coming in where I, I even said to my hairstylist, "Is like I just want like a white strip because mm-hmm. I'm sick of dying it." And so I said to somebody, "I was like, yeah, I'm going for like that rogue kind of look." And he was like, "Are you kidding?" And I went, "No." So if you can't handle geek, then I'm like, <laughs> but there, but some of these things were like I, I just the, I feel like fight scenes go on too long. 
Uh-huh. And stuff have where it's just like it's like Michael Bay movies where it's just like okay, so you're blowing shit up to blow shit up. I just give me something else. There's got to be something else for me to grab onto and grasp. And and this book just was very like shoot 'em up. Yes, good time. And that's yeah. No, I agree. For me, I'm like eh. man, not your jam. Yeah, not at all. Cool. Uh, so grades, Mr. Adam. Uh, I'll go with a B. Yeah, like I said, it's just something life changing. If you en- you know, if you enjoy action movies, because it is really much cinemat. It's it's choreographed like an action movie. It's fun. You can read it in ten minutes or less, so it's not going to eat up much of your life. And yeah, I don't see the movie. That's 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 my biggest takeaway from this: is do not watch that god awful movie. No, it's terrible. Just read the book and save yourself an hour and fifty minutes, and just spend ten minutes reading the book. Mm-hmm. The movie added subplots that added nothing. That, and again, I saw it so long ago, and it was so forgettable. I, I don't. Need, I just remember that it tried to be Leon, and that was annoying. So, yep, cool. But it uh, wasn't as bad as the uh, Death Note Netflix. Oh movie. god, I, I chose not to watch that. Uh, Thank you. I watched, I watched that like until eight they, minutes. Yeah, I think I think maybe you talked me into it, or somebody else talked me into it. Of like, you just have to watch until Ryuk shows up, and then you got to get the hell out of it. Then just be done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Mr. Todd, what is your grade? B plus. I think it set out what it wanted to do, and I think it did what it wanted to do very well. Okay. B plus. Uh, Lena. B plus. Awesome. Same reasons as Todd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll probably sit around a, a B B plus as well for all the same reasons. Like it's it does what it wants to do, um, and visually I think it's cool. Uh, but there's not a yeah. whole lot of story there. But like you know, it is cool what it what it does. As I subtly try to open up the Google Docs to find out what we're supposed to be reading next week, so that I know for sure, it is Whiteout. Does Todd? Do you know what Whiteout is? Oh, Greg Rucka. Greg Rucka. Yeah. Okay. Antarctica. There was a movie with Kate Beckinsale. Is the Kate's movie any place. good? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just know it. Okay. I haven't I like seen Kate it. Beckinsale. Yeah. She smells like I do too. Cream. Does she? I, t- I saw my friend want to a photo up with her at Comic Con. Mm. And she was really sweet. Isn't she the one that she told Jimmy that she would hide like chocolate in people's buttholes? When they were yeah, asleep? that's yes. the one. Yeah. And then after he got after she told him that story, every single chalk show she was on, that story was brought up. So Jimmy yeah. was the one who broke that. So. Yes. Go that's Jimmy. True. Yeah. Kate Beckinsale is a beautiful woman that does not deserve to have a twenty year old daughter as she does. Wait, she has a 20-year-old daughter? It's just like, oh, what's her name from Friends? Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston. Yeah, she made a deal with the devil. Yes. And one day it's going to be like she saw you know, her, her photo or picture up in an attic, and she's going to age like that. Oh, is yeah, that what it is? It's a picture of Dorian Gray. And she would go, you look at Kate back closer to 50 than she is to 40. Then you're uh, like, yeah. wow. Also, Ming-Na Wen, who was Agent uh, Agent May in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and she was the voice yeah. of Mulan back in the animated one. Yeah. So if you watch the new Mulan, she has a cameo at the very, mm-hmm. very end. And she has not aged one day since she was like 22, and she's almost 60. I want her skin regimen, whatever she has. It's too late for me, but everyone else should have it. See, I've, I've aged more in this episode than some of those people have. That's true. It's very true. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, so next week we will be doing Whiteout. Um, and, then, yep. and then after that, we will be doing Coldest City, which is the... I don't know if we intended that every book we did this month has a movie or TV show attached to it. I don't think we intended to do that, but it's true. No, we didn't. No, we, we just, just went through... Stuff. Yeah, like cold, bitter books. And you're Apparently, like, there's yeah. movies about cold, bitter books. I get that. So anyway, 
that's that's uh, that's yep. how that rolled out. Well, thank you, everybody, and uh, we will talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. Oh, there's a pause feature. I wonder if I can pause when we say dumb shit. <laughs>